Welcome to Side Talks. That podcast where we talk about the movies. That's you, all I got. You want to talk about some movies then? Yeah, I don't see why not. All right. We promised it. it. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. Oh my gosh, I'm getting scared. What Light, is, lightning just struck. What is that? Is it heat lightning or is it... Filmmaker lightning. It's, <laughs> it's filmmaker <laughs> lightning because it's time for the filmmaker lightning round. And today, Rachel, we are going to be talking about the great uh, filmmaker of the. I guess you could call him uh, one of one of the uh, major figures in New Hollywood, right? The seventies yeah. uh, radical transformation of the studio system for a little while, anyway. Yeah. Until he helped end that, right? <laughs> Which totally. we, may, we may get into. Totally. Um, we're talking about Robert Altman, the great yeah. director Robert Altman, who, boy, did he have a long, prolific career. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. What is a Robert Altman movie that you love? There are a few. But I'm going to go with shortcuts. Yeah. I like it a lot. Within the first 10 minutes of this thing, you see uh, Huey Lewis, full frontal nudity. Yeah, you do. Can't complain about that. You've got Lyle Lovett playing a really nasty uh, prank caller. Yep. There's a lot of weird shit in this thing. Um, you see, you also you know get that full... There's a lot of nudity in this thing. Julianne Moore, fully naked. And, I mean, and this, I, was, just, this was Julianne Moore before she was like... Julianne yeah. Moore. You know, this was yeah, early yeah, yeah, yeah. Julianne Moore, and she's just like, "Yeah, Bob, I'll take off my pants right. and have a long ass conversation." I I think this thing is is first of all, it is so typical of the era when it was re- released in the sense of uh, that sort of episodic flow, and uh, but he's doing it better than anybody else is doing it at that time. Yeah. I would argue. I agree. Um, and and there's some real funny stuff in this thing, and some real dark stuff in this thing, and I don't know. I, I had a it's a great ride. So I, I'm going shortcuts. I, I stand by it. Based on the short stories by the wonderful American author Raymond Carver. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 a wonderful movie. Um, really complicated complica- complicated movie. Yeah, um, yeah, In yeah. a lot of ways. Um, I, I don't I don't mean to be a cliche, but the movie by Robert Altman that I love is Nashville, which is yep. very similarly structured. Um, little storylines that you dip in and out of, um, all surrounding a lot of things happening in the titular city of Nashville, yeah. um, surrounding country music, surrounding American politics. Uh, the movie touches on it all with one of the best ensemble casts ever assembled for a movie, um, which... You know, and th- considering that Robert Altman did that oh, a bunch of times in his career, that's saying something. Yeah. Like, boy, I mean, Shortcuts, uh, a bunch of other movies assemble just some of the best casts you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so what is a Robert Altman you- movie you think you might like more than most people? Um, I'm going to say it. I don't think you're going to like it. Ready to Wear, a.k.a. Pret-a-Porter. That's one of the movies of his that I haven't seen, and I've heard... You know, it, it it got a mixed reception, right? It got a mixed. It got probably more negative than positive reviews. I had fun with it at the time. I see the I see that there are issues with it. Do not get me wrong, but I, I'm probably I'm probably it is one of those ones where maybe it doesn't land on the list for me. But I probably like it a lot more than a lot of folks. And there's a there's some really funny running gags in this thing. Yeah, um, that I appreciate a lot. And 
overall it it's a it ends on a weirdly sentimental kind of place that's a little silly yeah uh but other than that i i don't know i I had a good time with this thing it has been a long time since i've seen it i may not feel that way if i watch it again i still though it's it's so on the bottom of most people's altman list i still feel like i probably like it better even on a rewatch than most people yeah um well i i think that the movie i'm gonna say has received a bit of a reevaluation over the years but it is the movie that almost killed his career and basically killed the end of the auteur director in Hollywood studios for a long time. Uh, and that's his adaptation of Popeye, which I really oh, like. Oh, interesting. I, that's going to come do. up again here in a minute. Um, uh-oh. Um, I, I genuinely like this movie. Yeah. It, it's got, I mean, the songs are fun. You've got fun Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall in there. Uh, the sets are really cool. And sets are still standing. Are they you really? heard about this? No. I've heard, I, I need to go, I don't have a location, so we'll have to do our attractions here, but my understanding is that the town in which these were built, which is, I don't remember what country yeah. this is in, but where they were built, that the, that the town was so excited about having a film shot there that they've left the sets. And that That's you can amazing. Set. So I will, I will look into that, make sure I'm right about that, and that is currently still the case, because it's probably been eight or ten years since I heard that, Yeah. and uh, and maybe they've been taken down since then, but um, I need some more detail, but that is my understanding. Cool. Cool. I think that's great, if that's... True. If that is indeed true, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Rachel, what's a Robert Altman movie that you might not like as much as other people do? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Prairie Home Companion. I like that movie, but I can see it. Uh, that movie annoys me. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's Prairie Home Companion. I'm annoyed. Um, I went through – this is the least surprising thing I've ever said on this podcast, but needless to say – because I am who I am. Yeah. I went through a pretty big Prairie Home Companion phase. I bet you phase. did. Um, I bet that was called high school for you. It was called college for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Same difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was – all my friends were like, hey, you want to go do blow in the bathroom and, and go to like a crazy party? And I was like, mm, no, I'm listening to a Prairie Home Companion. I can't right now. <laughs> I'm listening to Prairie Home Companion. I have to, I have to stay at home and listen to the dulcet wow. tones of Garrison Keeler. I'm actually making some nice loose leaf tea that I found this morning. Hey, don't knock loose leaf tea. Um, oh boy! No, I, I like that movie. Um, you know, as 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 a final film uh, from a director, I think it's pretty solid. Um, but but it's been it's been an, a decade and a half since I've seen that. So, so what's your answer to this one? I'm I'm curious. The player. Oh wow. Okay, I really like the player. I, I I think the player's fine. I get it. Isn't the player the one that has the funny, the really funny Julia Roberts yeah. visual gag? Okay, that alone elevates that film for me because it is good, and they got her on board for that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it, it am I wrong to say you need to see the film? You do need and to you, see And it. that's a good little bait, is that Julia Roberts kind of, for the first time I think ever, makes fun of herself a little bit, and maybe the only time and ever. It, and it's early. I mean, it's like early 90s, 91, 92, something like that. Um, so this is like Julie Roberts right after Pretty Woman. Yeah, like the, I mean, it's it's amazing that Altman got her to do this little visual gag. It's a very brief moment in the movie, so you're going to kind of be like, I can't believe Rachel had me watch this for this moment, but I promise you, it, it's short but worth it. And of course, the other reason to watch this thing, and you you know where I'm going with this, is that fucking opening scene. Yeah, the opening it's scene is brilliant. Great. It's brilliant. He he's like, I'm going to take Orson Welles, and I'm going to just double down on that on that out of t- you know, like I'm going to do that this shit, and I'm going to do the longest long take you've ever seen. And, and not only is it a long take, it's a long take during which characters are talking about long takes yes, in cinema. Yes, it's so meta. Uh, yeah, it is. I I think the movie kind of goes downhill from that for me. Sure, but the thing is. I like the player. I think I like it less than most people. I, gotcha. I just like Altman a lot. 
I hear you. So, so the player fair. is the one kind of on the lower tier for me. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and uh, a movie by Altman you think you may need to revisit? Popeye. Yeah. I like. I actually like Popeye. I'm glad to hear. I think Popeye it. is so weird, mm. and weird in the best way. I think it's. But also, like, what did you guys think? You put a you put a uh, cartoon sort of slash superhero, so to speak, film in the hands of fucking Robert Altman. Yeah, it's the director of McCabe be, and Mrs. Miller and Mash. It's going to be so fucking weird, and yeah. it is. And I re- I actually really like this. And of course, the casting of Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil is it's like, perfect. come on, it's y'all. perfect. But uh, more than that, this film piqued my interest again when, and I know this, I brag about this all the time, and fine, y'all, I, I have a few things I brag about, I'm going to do it. But, you know, I went and saw a screening of uh, of Punch Drunk Love in Brooklyn at BAM many, many, many years ago, and just happenstance that, um, that Paul Thomas Anderson happened to be walking by with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and they just jutted in for a quick Q&A because they thought it'd be fun yeah, to pop in and surprise the audience. Yeah, just and, happened um, to be there. You know, we were in the neighborhood, me and Phil, and we just wanted to talk about this amazing masterpiece that I made. And in that evening, one of the things that he mentioned was this love of the film Popeye and how it was it very much inspired Punch Drunk Love. I had never made that connection before. It makes perfect sense, but I hadn't made the connection. But I, what I didn't realize is he had looked to some of the music in Popeye. I hadn't just not made the connection that he had looked to some of the music in Popeye as sort of some sound, sort of sound notes for the film for Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, and it began that began my sort of reinterest in Popeye, and um, and it's been now again been a while since I've seen it again I think that caused me to that that sort of inspired me to go watch it again and I don't think I've seen it since that rewatching so um it's really good I'd say Popeye yeah yeah um I've got two I mean there are a lot of Altman movies that I've never seen um, yeah yeah me too I looked at the IMDb page and I was like well I should be ashamed of myself he's got a long filmography and stuff I forgot like I know that I've seen Dr. T and the women I don't know that I need to revisit that but I don't fucking remember it right um, I, there, there are some things here that I know I've seen too that I don't remember. Right. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Cookie's Fortune, but like I don't know. I think you don't need to watch that again. Right. Um, I, I do think I, I would like to revisit um, the Long Goodbye at some point. Yeah. Elliot Gould in that as as Philip Marlowe, great sort of slacker noir, um, private eye sort of thing. But my answer is his sort of late career success, Gosford Park. Yeah. Um, which I remember loving. Uh, when I saw it at, in high school, and I don't think I've revisited it since. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, but it's got a hell of a cast. Yeah, it does. And it's kind of just like a proto Downton Abbey uh, murder mystery yeah. sort of thing. So, like, I'm on board with that. Yeah. But a great filmmaker with, again, a long uh, storied career working with some of um, the most talented uh, actors throughout. Um, the seventies and into you uh, kind of had a fallow period in the eighties and, and came back in the early nineties with a bang. Right. Um, and then, you know, um, had that late career success with, with Gosford park, which cast every British actor alive. in the world. Yeah. Um, so I, you can't go wrong seeing pretty much anything he's done. Even if a lot of those, you know, a lot of his movies are more experimental. A lot of them, you know, he takes big swings and sometimes he really, really whiffs. Sometimes yeah. he really misses. Yeah. Um, but but he's a singular filmmaker um, and a really influential filmmaker and, and worth exploring um, if you're interested in digging into that filmography. 
And don't let the films like Shortcuts in Nashville, don't let the runtime on those things scare you off. On some oh, of the other man. ones, maybe let them, maybe let it scare you off. But I would say when you're looking at Shortcuts or Nashville, that runtime can be very intimidating, but it, it goes by quick. Nashville is one of the breeziest long movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And it just masterpiece. Masterpiece. Yeah. So that's uh, the filmmaker the lightning round. Great. Yeah, the late, great Robert Altman. What a filmmaker we didn't even talk about mash you brought up mash like, i did briefly. bring it up i dropped the i dropped i dropped a uh, name dropped mash anarchic masterpiece yeah 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 what up? show me that smile show me that smile brad you know what that means <laughs> it's time for show and tell that means you got to get out that music for what is that growing pains show, me that smile. show and tell me that smile i'm i'm baffled by you, what's happening you know we've done this before well, we did it before once, and like, yeah, I've told you it might be a new segment. It's a it's an intermittent se- it's a, segment. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen that often. Today, I was hoping to bring you some Rebecca Black nudie playing cards. So she, what? <laughs> but they sold out in twenty two minutes. I'm not even joking. Y'all, oh, y'all know who I'm talking about. Rebecca Black the, from uh, for, uh, a Friday. Friday, fr- Monday comes after Tuesday. So, so what? She, so she made playing cards she made playing cards they're of herself they're nudie cards what? i'm gonna go ahead and tell you really quickly though that i actually like rebecca black she opened up for man man i'll do this quickly she opened up for man man at um at saturn which is a local venue here in birmingham and uh, i thought oh i like man man that'd be fun to go see them it's especially compelling and odd that they've touring with rebecca black so i'll go see her she did that friday song that i annoy everybody with by putting on our friday playlist at the cinema oh i know and that'll be really fun to go and see what weirdness is is happening and i walk i walk in and it's just her, um, a keyboard, and a and a, a woman on drums, wow. and uh, and and she's singing. I get about halfway through her. I walk in about halfway through her set. She's singing, and her voice is brilliant. I mean, she's super talented. She, it's it, it's she's actually really really good. I, she took some time after that humiliation of having her parents pay for that music video and all that 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 blow up happened to actually really learn how to sing. And she does a she's she's. Really talented, super huh. talented, and really edgy and interesting, and came out as queer. And um, I, I'm all about Rebecca Black. I should have bought a T-shirt. Um, anyway, uh, a, a few days ago, she put she put some nudie cards. Uh, my understanding is there are photos of her on these nudie cards. She put them out on her website, and they sold out in 22 minutes. So I can't bring you the Rebecca Black nudie cards that I wanted to bring you for show and tell. But I have brought you your very late. It is um, we're getting close to Midsummer, and uh, I have brought you your Christmas, your holiday, holiday. Oh gift. my God. Yes, and that holiday gift for show me that smile, show and tell is <gasps> what does that say, Corey? That is an eyes wide shut coloring book. <laughs> Here you go. Oh my god. Okay, I am going to thumb through this eyes wide shut coloring book. It's as strange as the film itself. I'm not really sure what you color or what, what goes on there, but um, that is yours. Happy holidays. Oh my God. So it is Midsommar. for for the listener because coloring books are not necessarily an auditory medium. Oh, yeah, so like show is, and tell on a podcast. I mean, it of is a dots, to- lines, and swirls coloring book. And so what I'm seeing as I, I, I thumb through this is a lot of abstract lines <laughs> and swirls, none of which appear to really represent any images from the film in any way. You'll have to color in those lines and swirls and tell us what happens. I don't understand what might be going on there, but you will report back, please. This is wild shit. Could you discuss just really quickly the cover of this thing? Because that alone is, I feel like, (laughs) gold enough to... Yeah, so it's it's the cover is Tom Cruise unmasked at the uh, secret orgy. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> with uh, little inset images of Tom Cruise's face and then the orgy like leader, the main guy with the gold mask who chastises him. Um, and they've got little lines through them, so they're sort of and swirls, so they're sort of uh, abstracted almost. This is the strangest thing. Yes, I feel like um, you know the holidays. You know, I'm, I'm about halfway between one holiday oh and the God. next. So if you're preparing, I feel like most small children have been looking for and hoping for an eyes wide shut coloring book. Well, who among us hasn't right. been? Oh, this is this is some creepy shit. I, there's one that is less abstract than most of them. It's a swirl that you can barely discern the image of one of those creepy masks from the orgy in, and it is just barely there. And boy, that is that is unnerving for some reason. They're just like random, like male figures. Uh-huh. I, maybe that's Nick Nightingale there, uh, piano player Nick Nightingale. Happening. I don't know what's happening. Um, this is some wild shit, though. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Happy holidays in Midsommar. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Sean Terrell, uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. Where we are your own personal cinematic Joey and Johnny Ramon. Okay. Do you know about that yeah. rivalry? Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with the Ramones. No, but the rivalry. I did you know that they they um did not get along? I did know that, yeah. Do you know why? No. A lady. Well, yeah. Ain't that always the way? I know. Apparently, Joey was dating a young woman. This is my understanding. Joey was dating a young young woman, young woman who took an interest in Johnny. Johnny returned that interest. The two of them were actually, I think, together uh, for a very long time. Wow. Um, and Joey never. I, my understanding is Joey never forgave. Now I could have that backwards, but that that's what I'm. That's that's my memory of the situation. Anyway, um, this is not a Ramones podcast, even though hey, you never know. Hey, it could it it could. Just with a few slight adjustments, right. easily right. turn right. into that. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks to Batwall Studios at SidewalkFilm.com. No. SidewalkFest.com. We get this wrong every time. We do. We are marketing geniuses. We're so good at this. SidewalkFest.com, at SidewalkFilm on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. There we go. We got it. And um, thanks to Splash96, and we love you. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words... Our expertise.